Today, July 18th of 2018, is the 10th anniversary of the release of Christopher Nolan's masterpiece, The Dark Knight. And if you haven't seen this film yet, after 10 years, you need to go see it right now. It is a true... I, I, it's, I, you know, masterpiece gets so overused, but it really is a masterpiece. It, you know, you, you think it's just a comic book movie. This is just a normal, oh, it's Batman doing Batman things. No, this transcends comic books. It transcends a comic book genre and is a full-fledged, proper film that is not only is it the best comic book movie of all time, it is one of the best films of all time. And that's a bold thing to say about this. Especially coming from me, who I'm very critical of movies. I, you know, I hold them to a really high bar. And I was uh, 10 years old when I saw this film. 10 years ago. I was 10 years old. And I do remember this movie experience. Seeing it in theaters. Fairly well, considering how bad my memory is. And it was a jaw-dropping experience for me and for those that don't you know, know what this movie is about uh, you know basically it's Batman and the Joker um, dishing it out in Gotham City that's basically that's basically the movie but when I saw this 10 years ago you know we, we you gotta understand the frame of time in terms of the genre of movies in general this is a time where we had Spider-Man uh, was really the big comic book movie that just sort of happened. I think Spider-Man 2 had happened before this. And a few other, you know, films like Superman back in the 80s or 90s. I, yeah, it was 80s when that came out. You know, it, it really was sort of a look-down-upon genre. It really wasn't anything special. Uh, there wasn't really anything interesting. The only interesting superhero film that actually is the closest competitor to The Dark Knight is The Incredibles, but that to me is a totally different film in of itself and I really don't want to make comparisons and I love that film deeply too but like I said the, we really didn't have anything in terms of superhero movies that had taken on realism or seriousness or that was dark and scary and gritty the only closest thing was Batman Begins which was Christopher Nolan's previous film so this, you, have, you know people forget The Dark Knight is actually a sequel you know this film uh, stands on its own. It is a sequel to Batman Begins and is the second part in a third three-part trilogy. Uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, hadn't really seen any films like this before except Batman Begins, which sort of set the tone of a more serious Batman, a more sophisticated, modern, realistic Batman. But this one goes hard into that and just takes it all to another level. The acting... Oh, do I have to talk about the acting? But the acting, the cinematography, is, you know, the music, the makeup, the scenery, the atmosphere, the story, the plot, all this top-notch stuff that you see in some of the best films of all time, which is why I say this is one of the best films of all time. So I'll break it down. Okay, the bank robbery scene at the beginning is awesome. It is a clever way to introduce you know star of your movie because you know it's a traditional way to start movies where you do some bit of action 
it's not really related to the whole movie, but sort of gets you interested, sets the tone, the mood, all that stuff, and sets up characters. But it, it does a, it ex executes a simple concept so well. A simple bank robbery, good old-fashioned bank robbery, and the Joker has this clever plan of, you know, having all the people that are robbing the bank take each other out, so he has no uh, henchmen, you know, to take the money or to have any connection to it or anything. And of course, by the end, he's the last man standing. But the way they do it, and all the masks they use are really cool looking, really spooky, and just well designed. And, you know, it's really cool sort of break in how they do it all and all that. And that's when the Joker, of course, reveals himself. And it's just awesome. And then, of course, you kick into your action, which, you know, for the first bit of the movie, it's actually just rewatched this, like, right before I record it's like literally I just finished watching like it's a very traditional sort of crime movie where you know there's money laundering there's all this stuff happening and Batman's getting involved but you slowly see the Joker kind of taking over the crime family and starting to launch his terrorist attacks and put the city into chaos uh, and you know like I said cinematography is great and all that the action scenes are awesome but we gotta get the elephant in the room out of the bag here. Heath Ledger's Joker. Oh my god. <laughs> it is amazing. Oh my god. I remember when leading up to this movie, I remember this very well. People, when they announced the casting of it, people were like, there's no way. Heath Ledger is a Joker. This is the worst mistake ever. It's gonna suck. He's going to be terrible. Oh my god, how could you cast a guy from Brokeback Mountain? Like, what is this? You know, people were, they were, people were literally campaigning to stop him from being the Joker. And then, that trailer dropped. That trailer that revealed Heath Ledger's Joker, it just shut everybody up. It was, I remember, because this was kind of when YouTube was such a, uh, I think YouTube was only a few years old at this point, and the trailer was on, you know, the Dark Knight's website. It was, I remember when I was watching, it was like really jittery and slow, so it's slow internet at that time. But what you did get of it was amazing, and it fully loaded, and you saw, I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be amazing, and and that's when it just came a viral sensation. And of course, viral in this day was before social media and all that. So it was really word of mouth and through email and all that. It was, I remember it being just like, oh my God, th this is going to be amazing. Like the expectations were so high. And then when you went into the theater and came out of it, somehow it, it exceeded those high expectations because he was just so good. I mean, I've never seen a performance that was so insanely good before. Uh, and that is not only the thing for Heath Ledger's acting, but also the great writers of Christopher and Jonathan Nolan, who gave him such a great script of great dialogue uh, and great characterization. Uh, you know, and the Joker, you know, first of all, the Joker is, one, is the greatest villain ever created. It, it, it is. I'll explain why in a second. And Heath Ledger's performance of it is one of and. I'd probably say the greatest performance of all time. Why am I making such a bold claim there? I mean, probably a lot of people are agreeing with me, but some people wouldn't. But 
you got to realize that this is such a difficult role to master. And he takes it to a level nobody's seen before. Because the Joker has never been scary. The Joker has never been really funny either. His jokes were either corny or stupid or silly. And he was just a silly character in himself. Now, of course, comic fans would tell me there was a chaotic, dark, serious Joker uh, that was properly scary, but I'm talking about in cinema and TV and all that. He brought a Joker that was truly scary and terrifying. Because this is a guy that has no origin, has no background, no name, nothing, no identity. And... He doesn't want anything. He has no motivation. He has no need for money, for power. As Michael Caine says in the movie Alfred, he just wants to watch the world burn. That's all he wants. He wants chaos. He gets something out of it. Maybe he's proving a point. I don't know. But he's not really... There's no humanization of him. There's nothing human about him. He's just this force of chaos that comes into the city. And disrupts everything. And makes everybody dive into madness. And that's what's interesting about this movie. I know it's not a rewatch. Because I've, I've watched this movie a million times. A million times. But I haven't seen it you know, start to finish one sit down in quite a long time. And you see like the city sort of starts out. You know the movie starts out with everything. So you kind of traditional. You know oh, we got big crime and all that. And stuff's happening. But as the Joker gets more and more involved and things start happening, things start getting more complicated, more chaotic, more crazy, more oh, blah, 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 everything just escalates. I mean, of course, that's a traditional structure movie, but it fits its theme. Uh, but, you know, Heath Ledger just, oh, he's so good. He is just fully into this role, a hundred and thousand percent. I mean, the makeup is fantastic. It's simple effective and scary once again with the scars give it some sort of darkness to it you know it's not just goofy smile it's scars you know that is way scarier than anything you've seen before and uh his jokes are actually funny uh his mannerisms are psychotic and creepy and spooky you know where he like licks his lips and talks in that funny voice he talks in uh He's you know just, just so magnetic and it's so electric, it's just so like every scene he's in, it's intense, it's got you by the balls, like you aren't looking away, you aren't shy, it just holds you. And his dialogue is so interesting and insightful and philosophical. I mean, uh, you know, when I talk about the origin part of it, you know, what's interesting is like people will then argue, well. He did say how he got those scars. Like, he's giving you some sort of background there. No. That's what's so clever about the writing here is that he tells how he got those scars in three scenes. And each time, he tells a completely different story. That's what's so fascinating about it is that he gives you a... Uh, actually, did he only say it twice? I don't remember. But he... Because this is part of his character. He's always doing ironic or unexpected things. And that's another example of that. It's like you hear stories like, oh, that's how he got the cigars. But then you hear it again. It's like, oh, wait, but that's not what he said the first time. So which one's true? Are both of them true? None of them true? You don't know. It's still a mystery. 
His background's still a mystery. He just shows up, does things. And, you know, of course, um, his dialogue uh, has all these sort of interesting, you know, pokes at society, these insights into the world, this sort of perspective where you, that's very cynical, but it's also very true. Like, he's pure evil, but, you know, by his actions, but by what he says, you go, well, he's not wrong, you know? Like, when he says, like, when the chips are down, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. And you see that play out during the movie. Look at at the end where he has this interesting uh, conundrum, this social experience where he has the two boats, the one that's holding the prisoners and the one that's holding the innocent sweet civilians and he each has bombs on each boat that would blow it up but he gives a detonator uh, of one boat to the other boat and the other boat to the one boat so they have the detonator to the other boat and if they don't do it by midnight he blows up both boats if someone tries to escape he blows them both up uh, and essentially they're in a catch-22 of a you know, both boats are in kind of catch-22 because on the one boat, the civilians, you know, you're good-hearted civilians. You don't want to kill people, even though they're criminals. Um, but if you don't do it, you're going to die. So you're kind of stuck. And then the prisoners, you know, who are the scum of society, they would happily blow up those civilians. But the cops on the boat aren't going to let them do it. And the one prisoner that gets it throws the remote out into the water so none of them die. Um, and then, of course, you, you, know, you find out what happens with the movie, in the movie where the Joker um, is apprehended by Batman. None of them blow each other up, and he stops you know, everything from happening. But, you know, he just has such great dialogue. It's so good, you know, where he's talking about, you know... Um, in the hospital of Harvey Dent, which is a great scene. He talks about, you know, these people that have all these plans and schemes are trying to control this chaotic world. And, you know, when you tell people what the plan is, you know, everybody is fine. Nobody panics. Nobody worries because it's all going to plan. Even if it's something that's terrible and evil and horrible, they're still comfortable with it because they know what's going to happen. But if you do something out of the ordinary or that's not expected that's not a part of the plan everybody loses their minds and that's what he does uh, in the movie and you know this of course you know this, this and then you have a standoff here between Batman who is uh, law and order and the Joker who's chaos and those forces clash together and how do you stop a Joker somebody that's an agent of chaos when Batman the law and order guy his rule is not to kill. That's his only rule is to not kill, and the Joker knows that. So how do you stop the Joker? You know, you rule. Of course, you you know you try to arrest him, and that happens at the end. But you know, how do you stop this guy? Because he, his whole you know what kicks things into chaos is that he just comes out and says, you know, if Batman doesn't reveal his identity. I'm people are going to start dying. He doesn't say who, what, when, or why. Just as people are going to start dying, then he starts leaving hints. You know, to kind of make a game to play along to uh, for the cops and, of course, to keep the narrative going. But, 
it, it's just it's really fascinating because you see in this movie how society starts losing their minds all because of this guy that comes in and just you know does a few little things um to disrupt the established order and uh you know on that note uh, about chaos and all that that's what makes this villain like i've already said so great is because he has no real motivation except to cause chaos and you know Heath Ledger just owns that and it, it, it you know meshes together perfectly with this psychopathic darker grittier joker it just oh it hits it so well and I mean and, and this is a guy that's up against Michael Caine, Christian Bale, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Aaron Eckhart all the and Morgan Freeman all these like triple A Hollywood actors that you know are all doing great performances and he just goes above and beyond that it's just amazing. Um, you know, you're, I don't think you're ever going to see a film like this ever again. You're never going to see a performance like this ever again. It's truly a masterpiece. It's something to behold. You know, I could gush about this movie for hours. I really could. Uh, you know, and I've seen it many times and I still love it. I love the story, the plot, the characters, everything. I mean, there's little things here and there that I know are wrong with it, but there's so many little things I picked up on on this viewing that are just, you know, just make me appreciate more. Uh, one of the things that was little that I, I noticed on my first ever viewing that I remember laughing at in the theater is when he's in the hospital with Harvey Dent. He's in the nurse's outfit. And the nurse's outfit is a little Harvey Dent badge. <laughs> you know, or like when... They're going uh, in the awesome uh, chase scene. Uh, I guess you call it chase scene uh, in the dark. In uh, uh, you know where they're transferring Harvey Dent and the Joker attacks uh, it to try and get Harvey Dent. But, you know they he sets a fire truck on fire. Uh, you know there's all kinds of little, like he's always doing ironic things. When like the hostages at the end were dressed up in the clown um, uh, hostage taker. Uh, attire, I, it's hard to describe, but hostage holders, you know, were actually the hostages themselves, and of course they had the clown masks on, so you didn't know uh, who they were, uh, not a bit of irony, uh, you know, there's just, I mean, there's, like, and the whole scene where Batman jumps off the building in uh, Hong Kong is so cool looking, you know, all the technology's cool, there's just, I, I could just go on, the score, like, that's also what makes this movie so impactful. Hans Zimmer, who I can kind of consider sometimes overrated, just nails the score here. It's unique. It's, you know, it's very boomy and, you know, whatnot. But it's, that's what makes this, you know, so much better. It's got weight. It's got darkness to it. It's got thump. You know, it is great in the cinema hearing it. But, like, the Joker theme that you hear, that's a ring, which is actually just two notes, D and C, which is DC Comics, uh, that plays, it creates that sort of screeching, almost psycho-type violin that's sort of creepy, atmospheric, you know, Joker theme. It is great. You know, it, when that comes on, that's when the intensity is beating up. You know, like in that interrogation scene, like that, that, that interrogation scene is peak Joker performance right there with Batman versus Joker going at it. It is great. Because... You know, Batman, he's, like, frustrated. He doesn't know 
how to stop this guy, how to get what he wants. The Joker, you know, he's, Batman's got nothing on the Joker. He can't threaten him with anything. It's, it's just such a fascinating thing to think about. You know, this force of chaos that doesn't care and that has nothing to lose. Like, how do you stop this force that is pure evil? It is just amazing stuff. You know, it's, it, it's just, I mean, I, I mean, this was such a phenomenon. People, you know, they're my age or younger that don't remember this time when this came out or didn't see it at the time, don't, you know, understand it. This was just so huge when it came out. Everybody saw everybody was talking about, you know, it was one of the top grossing movies of all time. And it was, you know, partially because Heath Ledger died tragically. Uh, a few months before his film came out. And a lot of people saw it to see his last film. Uh, but it was, it technically wasn't his last film, but it was his last big performance. But, you know, regardless of that, I still think it would have been just as big as a success because he just gave a performance that had not been seen before and will never see again. And it was just, you know, a surreal time to be alive when that came out. Because I remember, like I said, the build-up to it, when that trailer dropped, uh, when he died, you know, which was tragic. And then, of course, when the film came out and everybody was just blown away by it. Like, I remember at the end of the movie, this is the only movie I've been in where everybody at the end properly clapped. I remember in the front of the theater, these, like, group of what looked like college kids who'd probably see it for, like, their fifth or sixth time. Because that was happening a lot with this movie. Like, there's a lot of people that are seeing it multiple times. That's how good it was. It just got up and started shooting. They're like, yeah! Yeah, I was like, oh my god. Yes. Like, that's what's about right there. That that That's the magic of movies right there. As cliche as it sounds like. That was just it. Oh, such good stuff. But, you know, this... What people don't understand is, a con- like I said, comic book movies like this were, were really silly, goofy light-hearted, nothing really taken seriously, but this film made it serious, gritty, real, dark, scary, and a serious film. Like, it is, it, it, it transcends the comic book genre, becomes a proper film with a complex plot, with lots of twists and turns, interesting characters, character arcs, character development, and, you know, just... Great performances, great score. Like, it's got it all. That, that's why it's one of my favorite films of all time. It just has it all in there to just an unbelievably high level. And uh, last thing I will mention is, uh, you know, well, because I forgot to talk about, talk about Joker, is the character of Harvey Dent is a fascinating, tragic hero downfall. Because uh, he starts off in the film where Batman is like, you know, fully endorses him and gives him money because he wants Batman to last forever. He wants Batman to be uh, that sort of symbol that people, you know, more. It, it, he, the cool theme in this movie is that Batman is a symbol. He's not the hero that Gotham needs, but the hero Gotham deserves. He's the hero that can take any shape and form, and go higher. Actually, he goes higher than a hero. He goes to a level where he can take the fall. He can be anything for the sake of the sake, for the sake of good. And, you know, 
he wants Harvey Dent to be sort of the eternal form of that or the next chapter of that because, you know, Batman's not going to last forever, so he's looking at what's going to be next. So Harvey Dent's this white knight, this perfect figure, but then the Joker, after he kills his girlfriend, which is Batman's uh, best friend and, you know, wannabe lover, Rachel, you know, Harvey Dent just loses it and he gets spun into chaos, into madness, and that's when he becomes Two-Face and then he starts killing cops, killing innocent people, and, you know, all in out revenge for Rachel's death. Because the Joker persuades him that it really isn't his fault. It's people uh, that couldn't protect her and people, dirty cops. You know, because he was trying to stop corruption and um, he blames Gordon for not doing enough. And so he uh, goes after Gordon and that's what we have at the end is when he finally dies. And then Batman, uh, heroically, or more than heroically decides to take the fall and tells Gordon to blame him, Batman, for the deaths of the cops and everybody that Harvey Dent killed so that Harvey Dent would have this perfect clean image and keep a morale in the city. And that is such a powerful, deep, philosophical, yeah, I could go on, you know, just moving ending and just totally unique. When have you seen this in the comic genre movies in general where the hero almost becomes the villain for the greater good like it's just always the good stuff like that's the stuff i love you know because it you know there's it just it home you know just just takes this tragic character arc of harvey then and this character then arc of batman and makes it a totally different animal you know batman isn't a static force for good he becomes something more than that and you know, it's all because of the Joker. The Joker caused all this. And at the end, you know, when he's riding off in, uh, in his bike and the cops are chasing him and Gordon's giving that speech and then the music's coming in with the Batman theme. Oh my God, is it good. Like, that, that, that's that moment where you're like, this is freaking awesome. There's a lot of those movies in this movie where like, this is awesome. But it's that moment that I'm just like, oh, getting the chills because it's just so good. It's so, so impactful, so powerful. You know, because like I said, there's never been something... Uh, and I didn't really realize this when I was little and I was seeing it. When I got older, I realized what this was really about. And it just blew my mind. Like, it's just good stuff. You know, to, you know, just... I, I'm running out of words to describe it because it's just so amazing. Uh, but it, it just truly is an amazing film. And, you know, really, the themes in it, like I said, order, chaos, corruption, uh, good versus evil, you know, what measure, you know, how far do you have to go, you know, do the ends justify the means, because you see that with, like, the surveillance Batman uses, where he basically taps in everybody's phones and spies on them to track down the Joker and all his people, and also interrogates the Joker with lethal force, uh, and Harvey Dent does that, too. And Batman covers that up, in a way, but then takes the greater fall at the end. Uh, and of course, you know all these themes of society going to madness. That people are really uh, corrupt deep down. Even the goodest of people uh, have bad in them, which the Joker proves in the end with the downfall of Harvey Dent. Yo, know, it's really fascinating, interesting stuff. And the Joker can be. You know, I remember the one scene. I remember quite. A lot of the scenes from my first uh, ex 
you know, a theater experience, but the one scene that just really chills you, that really sums up the Joker, that sums up the movie, that just, just has a powerful effect is when he, after he blows up the, uh, the, uh, Gotham, uh, MCU, or I forget what they call that building, but it's, you know, one of the police stations and he's riding out in the cop car as he escapes and he's, has his head out the window with his hair blowing and he's just sort of like a dog with its head out, just embracing the madness he's uh, unleashed. And there's like this, sort of this hum in the music. It's, it's, it's almost a moment of silence in a way. But that that one shot is just, it's, it's just jaw-dropping. It, it's what sums it up. Like, that's what it's all about right there. Uh, I mean, I've rambled and rambled on this movie for a while now, but I can't think of anything more to add except go see if yourself enjoy because it's it's a treat. There's nothing like it. It's, like I said, I'll sum up. It's, you know, Heath Ledger gives, I'm going to say, the best performance of all time. It's one of the best comic book movies of all. It, sorry. It is, Heath Ledger gives the best comic, uh, the best Ah, I keep screwing it up because I just love it so much. I'm running out of words here. Heath Ledger gives the greatest performance of all time. Is the greatest comic book movie of all time. And is one of the best movies of all time. I, for a while, called it my favorite movie of all time. I've also called uh, a few other films. I've kind of deviated on what my favorite film is. I, I'm still kind of on the side on that. It. This may strike a little contradiction here, but The Incredibles might be my favorite movie of all time. It it very well might be. I know what you're saying. That's a superhero movie. You say it's better than this one. I said this is The Dark Knight's the best comic book movie. <laughs> I, I I use that word you know for a reason or that phrase because I. I can't decide which is better, The Incredibles or Dark Knight, because they're two totally different movies. I don't like to compare them, but uh, and I'm not going to try to, but go watch this movie if you haven't already. It's amazing. Uh, and like I said, it's you know it, it, it changed cinema. It changed comic book movies. It, it changed everything. And it even, fun fact, changed the Academy Awards in terms of when... Uh, they announced Best Picture nominations. It, it was limited to, to, I think, five. And this one wasn't nominated, which is a, the biggest freaking snub ever, biggest disgrace ever, since Citizen Kane, I guess, you know, some critics would argue. But just a total snub for Best Picture. And so after that, you know, that, there was an outcry and, you know, from fans and all that, so the Academy bumped it up to, I think, ten is what they're at now. Or it's, you know, whatever it's at. And so it, Dark Knight left its mark. It should have been nominated. I'm sorry, it should have been. Uh, thankfully, Heath Ledger was nominated for his performance as Best Supporting Actor and won, rightfully so. Again, I cannot really put into words how amazing that performance is. It's just jaw-dropping. It's unbelievably good. I don't think you'll ever see a performance like that ever again. You'll never see a Joker this good ever it can't be beat. It really can't be beat. And you're probably not going to see a performance that will beat this. So, you know, 
in terms of final thoughts, that last scene to Dark Knight, that that's what it's all about right there. If you want to know what I'm feeling, it, it's that last scene, because it's just it, it it's just it's just that is you know where the movie again goes at another level. Like I said, where Batman is more than a hero, he's a Dark Knight, and that's what this movie is. It, it is a Dark Knight. It it it's there's nothing else like it. If you haven't seen it, go see it now. If you've already seen it, watch it again. And do yourself a favor and enjoy it on this 10th anniversary of this masterpiece. Hopefully, you all enjoyed what I had to say about this movie. I probably said things you've already heard before. There's probably a lot I missed. I'm I just giving my thoughts after seeing our 10th anniversary rewatch. Because it's just a, just a magical experience magical very impactful and very influential in my life thank you for listening i hope you all have a nice uh time watching this movie and i want to you know give my thoughts to heath ledger who tragically died a few months before this film came out he gave it all and i think he literally you know he, I think he even gave his life for this performance because I've heard he was only getting two hours of sleep while filming this movie. And he was, you know, in into this role. He spent months locked in an apartment in, or as they call it, a flat in England before, this, before he uh, started filming to really get the character, to get the voice, to get the role. And he just, you know, he could have driven himself to madness. I don't know. But... He gave it, you know, so much for he sacrificed himself for the art and that's just powerful stuff right there. I'm so grateful to the gift he gave this world. Thank you, Heath Ledger. You I mean you'll know how much it means to all of us. I wish you were alive to see this. To see you get the Oscar, to see the love you were given after this film and to see your career go on even more because Heath Ledger would have become probably the greatest actor to ever live. He would have done even more amazing performances. Nothing probably would have topped this, but he would have done even more amazing stuff. So thank you, Heath. You you, you gave so much for this performance. It, it it's I'll never see anything like it ever. So thank you.